Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Treason and binaries to another exciting episode of the Hostile Takeover, a weekly show where a guest and I talk about their favorite game or their influence in gaming one way or another. And we have a very special guest today. I was informed by a dear friend of a very exciting project mixing two of my dear loves, horror comics and tabletop gaming in a very exciting and ambitious way. Coming together and having a look at the exciting Kickstarter, which is in full swing, I have very high hopes that I've put my name into this exciting project. So I can only hope for the best to see what Mr. Mike Garley, our guest today, can offer with his various offerings in Samurai Slasher. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Very pleasure to have you on. I've been looking in and around along the Kickstarter and along some of your exciting work. We have quite a few things in common, you and I. We have both survived the Rated Rising degree level education. However, you're far more brave than I. You're actually attending an accredited lecturer in a very respected university. I just got my degree and ran as far and fast as I possibly could. But uh, it's nice to see that we've got a very strong writing background, which I think is really important to tell stories like this. What was your background in just writing as a whole, as you say? Um, so I kind of had like a, a quarter life crisis when I was about 25. Like I, I realized I wanted to do something creative and like I, I had a, a young family, um, but I was, I was kind of stuck working in, in restaurant work, which was fairly well paid, fairly comfortable, but kind of like felt like I needed a creative outlet. So I, um, I did a short course in creative writing, which kind of led me on to do um, a master's. Um, I didn't actually do an undergrad. I went straight in at, at master's level on a, a script, um, thanks to a recommendation, which was really kind of right right place at right time um type of situation which was really good so i went in um and did a master's in script writing basically and then that was about 12 years ago and i've just been kind of going from project to project since so i've done a done a fair bit my my writing i've done a, a fair lot of different projects i've done lots of comics some books worked on some some uh films and other transmedia projects so I'm in a very strange position where I just kind of get to work on what I think is cool and fun, um, which is kind of what Samurai Slasher is, because I guess Samurai Slasher is one of those projects when you you look at it, if you haven't seen it before and you look at it and you're like, okay, there's quite a lot of different stuff going on. And it's just because it, it it's one of those type of, um, those type of premises that, that leads itself to different, media which is why I, I wanted to do a game of it because I mean I, I love games um I, I I was thinking of I've been wanting to do a game for years and had a few different ideas but wanted to keep it nice and simple and basic and kind of learn the ropes because obviously it's a, a completely different field um and it just it just seemed really natural to to do a game that incorporates the samurai slasher because it samurai slasher slasher it, it's kind of supposed to be kind of dumb fun it's supposed to be kind of like 80s homage uh it doesn't take itself too seriously um there's some some cultural stuff in there like i think with all, all great writing it needs to have a heart it needs to be about something however it, you can also you don't have to not everything has to be high art so um yeah the the, the dumbness the 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 easiness to understand it um just made a really good kind of good topic to kind of translate into a game um so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of Samurai Slash in the nutshell, as well as how I got into writing. Well, it's definitely a, a great origin and something I, as also that's when you thought of, something to aspire to, to be able to have that kind of creative freedom, which is something I have elements to at present, but I feel like there's definitely room for evolution there. But 
with the projects you've been involved with, particularly the Samurai Slash, you've been able to create quite a, quite a breadth of uh, bibliography, which is a exciting thing to behold. But yeah, just looking at Samurai Slash, which I think is probably your largest body of work, I would say it's got a lot of those classic Asian slasher movie tropes. The actual Samurai motif of just like the like the dark helmet with the big horns and the great big guitar just cutting through teenagers. It really guts back to that sort of Jason and Freddy style movies, which is something that's not necessarily done anymore, but I still as a genre I really love. A personal favorite game of mine is Dead by Daylight, which is a very, very much like the slasher style PC game where you're one monster versus survivors trying to escape. So that lends itself to a lot of really good, really visceral, shocking stories. But when you take it with a slightly lighter tone that a lot of your writing has, then you can really offset it. Because after a while, if you just distance yourself from horror, you can still find a lot of fun in it. And I think that in plays into like a gaming element of that can really lend that side of things, which is definitely what's got me excited about the project so far. Yeah, I, I think like when I write, I kind of write with emotion um, in mind. So I'm thinking, what do I want the reader or the viewer to feel, which is kind of exactly what you want for the gaming experience. You're thinking, how are they going to re- react with what they're playing, what they're doing, what they're seeing? Um, so, yeah, I think horror is one of those genres where you get to do a lot of stuff. You can explore some really kind of deep and personal, important topics. Um, but like you said, it's really visceral. Um, you can have lots of fun with it. People, I, I'm not personally, I'm not a fan of horror. It goes too dark. I don't like it too seriously. I want it to be enjoyable. I want it to be fun. Um, and especially, you know, if you're going to keep going on telling a story, um, for a long time I wouldn't like to tell a saw like a really really long saw story because it will be too much it will be too dark there'll be kind of no emotional relief and I think that's kind of what you need with, with storytelling you know whatever medium you're working on you need to have kind of those uh, emotional ups and downs um, so that's what I, I try to do with Samurai Slasher I, I definitely um, yeah I tried to definitely have a, a full run of emotions when people are, are playing or experiencing it um the, the the game itself though isn't it, it's just meant to be fun because it's like a, a drinking game it's a social drinking game and it's kind of like a very much got to have the, the player in mind um and I, I didn't want to make a drinking game where it was just getting everyone drunk I wanted it to be like a, an experience I want it to be like I wanted to create a one and done so they kind of play it as if they're watching a film basically it's done in an evening you do it once um i've, I've done elements to try and tailor it, make it more individual to that particular group um but it means they get to experience their own horror horror film in one night um so yeah that's definitely my, my intention for it the intentions definitely rest through quite a lot and uh the kickstarter is very good at teasing our interests while leaving a lot of things there for you to discover once you make your pledges. And it's done a lot, so it's definitely drummed up my interest. Uh, I play quite a few typical role-playing games myself. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons consistently for being close to eight years now, dabbled with stuff like Vampire and Fake Core. So having something where the elements are effectively sort of stripped back is quite nice and quite refreshing, especially for a new title and someone who's just somewhat, somewhat branching out into the genre itself. So... Mechanically, for the people who sort of sit down around the table, you decide one person is going to be the samurai slash and everyone else is the survivors running from them. But then once you get yourself into that spot, take us through mechanically how the rest of the evening's gameplay would go. So the game is devised with 
it's not devised for gamers it's devised for non-gamers but i've i've tested it with gamers who still enjoyed it which is the main thing but yeah it, it basically the one person will play as the samurai slasher and the samurai slasher is also basically the the storyteller um so they will have a, a script story which they will be going through and each character will have their own character sheet and they can base it on themselves or not. Um, it's a fairly simple character um, generation process. It's within the story. You start making your character. They start um, kind of interacting. Um, they all have health uh, and the health is done by rolling 46 and then you assign them um, to each limbs and it's your limbs that you use to defend yourself. Um, and then so... The slasher tells the story. It's a it's a really simple dice game, um, and then it, it in its in its simplest form, it's it's telling a story, getting from A to B. The slasher's trying to get you. You're trying to escape. If the slasher attacks you at any point, and there's there's various moments where there's conflict within the story, um, then you will have to do a saving throw to try and try and save yourself. And it will be the the dice roll that you made at the beginning is what you'll have to get. And the slasher can drink to make that dice roll one harder or you could drink to make it one easier. So there's kind of an interaction between the slasher himself and the people playing it. Um, that's the, the simplest way to explain it, but it, it's more fun than that. You know, there's a lot to do with the character creation. There's a lot to do with, uh, I've added like a, a catchphrase thing. So you're not just sitting there as someone tells your story. You're interacting. You make up these these things that your characters say. You have like a war cry and a catchphrase. And at a certain point, the slasher kind of points to you and, and gets you to say your war cry and your catchphrase. And um, it hardly ever makes sense, which makes it hilarious. It's which why the slasher works really well. It just makes it really stupid um, because it's just it's just bizarre and fun and engaging. And you're kind of like actively partaking in this story and you know there's some some choice elements um but the character sheet is also done in a way where you kind of you draw along with the story so you kind of illustrate any in injuries anything you've got so it's it's a really really simple game mechanic which has been play tested to death to make sure it's really simple to make sure that people can play this while drinking without worrying because I want it just to be a nice fun experience and it has been and so far like I said people who have played games um like gamers uh, have enjoyed it and people who who have played you know the odd one or two games basically because they're my friends have, have played it as well and everyone seems to enjoy it which is good um yeah, it's gone through. We, we've playtested it so many times. It's we started it about two years ago, and the the, the first uh, the first iteration with it was was so complicated. It was so over the top. Um, there was so much drinking, and it was like that's not it's not what I wanted the game to be. But it was, you know, it's making everything work, making the mechanics work. Um, and there's there's role for there's room for if you've got an experienced person running the game for them to kind of take it and do different things with it and kind of you know it's not so stuck down the story isn't as important as the fun you have doing the story. So there's a lot of humour in there. You know, it really doesn't take itself seriously because that's it's not what you want when you're sat around having having drinks with your friends. You want to be able to, you know, have a break and go and have a chat and relax. And, you know, it goes back to making that whole experience. So nice, simple mechanics, nice and fun, easy for non-players. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. But like I said, so far... Yeah, so far it's worked, which has been great. Honestly, I think 
to that stripped back and very sort of calm and not necessarily informal, but like like calm in a way approach to it has would really up the inclusivity of it because you look at some of like the big uh, market leaders in your know, tabletop playing games and the mechanics are there to like help facilitate a story, but they are just so entrenched that it can put off a lot of newer or more casual gamers. So being able to keep this sort of fairly simple, something to put as like a maybe sort of a break or like the main event of like a game night, I myself can definitely see this being like a Halloween special between me and some of my friends who get us around, just like turn our brains off, pour some drinks, have the proper slasher movies with ourselves inside. It would be a great way to sort of experience this. I would say that to be able to just like make the story the focus, but still have it open enough for people to be able to adapt it is also very exciting. And just to be, keep the overall sort of casual friends telling a story together attitude is so exciting as well. Because personally, uh, I've written lots of fiction, nonfiction, and comic books myself. But I still credit the tabletop role-playing experience as one of the purest ways to tell a story because it is as close to our ancestors around the campfire as we can still get today. It's us creating narrative together. So even with something like this, where the, the overall narrative is still fairly pronounced to be able to still be flexible with it whilst keeping that level of uh, approachability and fun within the group that you're with it leads to some really exciting experiences. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, one of the best things about games is you don't say, oh, I had a great game of X or Y. You talk about an individual thing that happened that was unique to your group and your friends when you're playing it. You know, do you remember when this happened? So it's it's trying to make these kind of experiences happen. And that's kind of why we we did so much tinkering until we had the system where everyone had these war cries and stuff. And like I said, we had some really weird ones, some really stupid ones. Like um to to make it easy for non-players, I put some examples in of of, of characters and stuff you could say. And um I think on, on one one play test we had who do we have? We had someone was doing um, uh, doing Dutch from Commando. So it's a bit where well, he just he kept shouting, get to the chopper, um, which was quite, turned out quite well, worked out quite. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we've had some really weird lines. We've had people kind of like taking the mick out of their spouses or their partners or, um, or we've had lots of people kind of using in jokes and it's made the experience kind of better basically because people got to, to put a part of himself into the story and into the narrative. Um, but yeah, the, the, the gameplay, like I said, it, it's simple, but it's not about the gameplay so much as the experience you have playing it. So yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, I think that being able to tell a good story where they're out, um, with a circle of friends that you really trust and like is definitely the focus. And that's definitely how I play a lot of uh, role-playing games like this. It's so important to... I mean, personally, it's just coming from a big rising background to be able to tell a story and to make sure that everyone's as involved and participating as possible. So with that, what are the um, what sort of table sizes? How many people can you get around playing this at a given session of the night? I think it is uh, five, maximum five. Really, it's four to five. I, it's the first game I've created and I wanted to you get to a, a bit because of the drinking element I wanted to make sure it was really nice and controlled and really kind of you know it, it, the game you can still if you and your friends want to drink a lot you're still able to because it, it's it's dictated by the players and there's no point where you're, you're forced to at any point um, but to make the experience so there's still that, that risk element there's a scaling um, which gets really really tricky um, 
when you include alcohol to it. So I, I wanted to make it a, a very simple four to five players. Um, I think, or is it three to five? It might have been three to five. I've got it written down somewhere, which I probably should have have to hand. Um, no, sorry. Yeah, it was it was four to five. Yeah, four to five was we we tried it. We we tried it with three players. Um, I tried decreasing it, but there was no simple ways to do it without kind of rewriting the entire story because it, it's so kind of based around your experience within it. Would have to tailor it so there's less people because we make these moments where you kind of interact with one another, um, and it, you know to make it nice and balanced so everyone does something all the time. That was the kind of the, the sweet spot, so to speak. Um, and because we wanted to make sure that everyone's doing something as well, I, I, I'm not a fan of games where um, you're kind of just sitting there waiting for your turn or for ages. This is supposed to be fairly kind of fairly kind of fast paced. Um, so that, that seemed to work well for us. Um, like I said, tried it with less people and the experience wasn't as good. Um, because that's the other thing when you're creating experiences with people it, the group experience really helps i'll definitely be up to doing um a, a version with more players at some point or possibly a, a version with less players or kind of going in a different location and um I'd, I'd love to do more with it i'd love this just to be the first of many um but the, the hope is well the aim is just to see how well received this one is hopefully there'll be enough people who are interested um to do it um i mean Originally, it was going to be I was going to do a Kickstarter for this on its own, and then COVID happened, and everything's kind of got got muddy and, and drawn back. So it's now it's one with within the collector edition. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what people people think of it because obviously it's it's now aimed more towards the the, the people who are looking for comics. Um, so after this, yeah, it'd be great to see what what they think because it'd be you know. There's such crossover with with all of these uh, with comics and games, but yeah, I'm really hoping we'll get a lot of feedback from people who don't normally play games as much as, as some of us do to see what they think. Because, like I said, I, I really want it to be aimed at people who don't play as much, um, to bring more people in, get more people playing games, um, kind of opening people's eyes eyes to how cool it can be. Um, so yeah, it's just if this is successful, if it does well enough, then hopefully I'll, I'll get to see plenty more of it. I think you've got enough faith in the project. You've put enough work into it where the recognition will surely come. I think there's a really big overlap between comics readers and people who may have the interest, but may not necessarily play as well. I know our mutual contact, Tony Farina. Uh, he's someone who I spoke to about the overlap between comics and games when I featured on his podcast. But he said he had the interest, but never had the uh, sort of direct into we're all playing games like this and I think this one's definitely like a great starter and the fairly light the, the social mechanics to it and the fact that it's a part drinking game means that it can be held by a lot of like a quite nice individual to try and get like a story session going in forms of escapism so it, it caters to a lot more people than like a hardline classic style role playing game otherwise would so I think that element to it would play it in quite good stead with the, the the actual like mechanics of the drinking game in and behind you've done, you've done well to sort of answer my questions about how crucial it is but I was very interested to hear that that's actually like a uh, part of it because that's um, obviously the gruesome violence also somewhat limits the demographic of who this is marketed to but that's okay I was just wondering how relevant it would be but you've been able to answer that but where did that side of the idea come into like figuring that 
flaky element into the actual game mechanic as I don't because I honestly think that's quite unique. Um, I, I was just kind of thinking about what I would like, um, what I think would work, and it's kind of um, I'm I'm not I'm a massive drinker, but you know, occasionally if we're playing some games, like we might sit down and have some drinks, and I was kind of thinking it'd be really cool. And then I just think from a story point of point of view, like you're trying to put risk and you're trying to find a way to keep people engaged and interested in, in, in the narrative and I thought well if, if the drinking element is tied directly into it and, and seen as a risk um, I think that could work really well so it's just kind of um, uh, fairly organically really um, it just seemed like a logical thing to combine because we've 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 done some games and everyone was sat around there drinking um, and people were like oh should we play a drinking game while we were playing board games and you know it kind of just seemed like a logical thing to do. So that don't really have more of an answer. Just the fact that it's not like I was looking for, you know, a, a gap in the market or anything. I just thought, well, what would I like to do with my friends? What what could we do? What would keep more people invested in the story? How could we add the risk to it? And it just seemed like a logical, logical thing to add to it. Um yeah. and we 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 experimented like experimented with how drinking was involved in it and making it it's a lot more uh, choice based um, than it was originally to make it so that each individual player is everyone drinks at their own level and we wanted to add that to the game um, which has been great been really good to to test because I've got some friends who drink a lot. Um, which is problematic then when you try to play a game which doesn't have scaling with people who don't drink a lot because I don't want to, you know, you don't want to be making people, people sick. You want to be providing a good time. Um, so, yeah, it was just making it so there was risk in that. It was making the gaming element work so it was kind of individual to the player while we told a story to everyone. Um, but I, th- I think we're there. I think I think it works well. Honestly, it sounds like it's been tested enough to, so you can say with their confidence that it's scaled well for those who have a high tolerance and those don't and the fact that it's not the focus and the fact that it's uh still ingrained in the mechanics but still not essential and not something that the players are like like hardline told to do is a really good choice and it's honestly put aside my big worry about it because it's again like the focus of Having it, all right, what would my, my, my friends and I like to do at the gaming evening? That focus would be is where like, innovation is made. That's where you cramp with new stuff, even if that wasn't ever your, ever your intention. But the fact that it's been tempered and that it's been like handled in a way so that it's not the thing, it's just an uh, element of the thing itself. And the thing, a big important focus is telling a you know, collective story together in a shocking, sure, slasher horror but still in a informal and fun enough way so that it's just of an evening so that you can go back the next day, maybe nursing a little bit of a headache, but saying, oh, I just remember when he caught you in that alleyway or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, actually, one of the other like more advanced mechanics we have is you you choose, there's a part at the beginning where you need to get an item out of the car, which is your your lucky item. And it can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be anything within reason. I think someone's lucky item was Robocop. Um but one of the mechanics is if someone else is getting attacked, you could use your lucky item to try and block the shot for them. So if someone doesn't want to drink a lot and someone's happy to drink a lot, then they have that control to choose when they drink. So yet again, it was trying to add more kind of um, elements of choice for people so they have control over how much they drink or how much they don't. Uh, literally the first play test we, we did of the game when 
we drank too much. Um, what it, it, one of the problems was one of the guys was like, right, let's let's do a shot every time this happens, which is like you're adding a drinking game to a drinking game. So he's a great friend to have because I'm thinking, well, with this in mind, you've got to think some people just want to have excuses to drink and do that. So I can, if I can make something to kind of keep them happy and that, that keeps everyone safe. So, uh, and that's what it's about when you're making a game about a killer samurai, you've got to try and make everyone safe. Yeah. Cause uh, uh, killer samurai will try and slash you down, but yeah, to be able to like take that, like very clear horror element, but then still like still find a way to strip it back and bring it in about the story and about the social element is a really fine balance to be able to pull off, especially for something that's designed as like a one shot or a single session sort of game. To be able to find the ways to like get yeah, this to be a memorable evening and like keep the pressure off is really quite nice. Especially with, uh, I'd imagine, like as things go on forwards, you've got the narrative set for this one out of the box version, but there might be like scope in the future to be able to like create the other narratives around for it. You said earlier, but would there ever be a chance where some, like some of the Kickstarter backers, have been able to like play through sessions that have had such memorable moments? You'd, would you be interested in hearing how some of those games have went to be able to like turn into like further stories, either for a comic or for? the other supplements of this game itself yeah that, that would be amazing Samurai Slash is like a, a project that has because of being in horror and horror being like a really open community it's it's something that I'm re- I always really like it when people come and talk to me about it and their experiences and what it means so hearing people's personal experience of playing it could be really helpful um, I mean one thing I, I, I talked about before one of my original ideas before I was sensible and went for something smaller was to, to make it as like a legacy game um to have it so you know you can have a group of friends returning and going back and you know it's something i might i might try and do in the future but that would be great because yeah yeah again if i'm going to do something like that it would be great to hear everyone's opinions and what worked and what doesn't and try and tailor it and make you know make it as great a game as as you possibly can um but yeah this this first one is an entry level one um if it if it does well and people have got lots of thoughts and you know have lots of feedback and stuff and there's there's no way why i couldn't do like a more advanced one so almost like you can either do like a, a sequel so people who wanted to do it and maybe you know a few more mechanics can or you can also do uh, like another sidestep so it's exactly the same kind of thing so it's not more advanced so you know keeps the, the, the more casual gamers um happy yeah, uh, I think there's definitely room for both, probably even at the same time, like a sequel being like an extension or a new level or de- element of the story with a couple more little tweaks and mechanics here and there. There's definitely room for both, but uh, I think the interest is definitely there. I think with a few, there's a little bit of ways to go left on the Kickstarter, so I have a lot of faith in it, and I have, as well as putting my pledges in, I have uh, quite a few communities that I can definitely drum up the interest for it in terms of both this game and the comic itself, so I'm I've been on the Kickstarter road with you as well. Not with you, but on before, so I can definitely see the feel the pressures. But I have faith, and I can definitely put this in a lot of uh, places for to draw up some more, even further interest. But I have a lot of faith yeah, in this one. This is a very unique and very off the wall sort of way to present this, and it's something that I'm very excited to test out myself. Got to 
yeah, some of the old some of the old guys around sort of once the world's open again. But the fact actually that's that reminds me. Uh you've been able to optimize it for um virtual play. You, you said that was quite a bit of pride in the promo videos on the Kickstarter. Talk about how that process went because yeah, I think I think the pride is just the, the joy of having an excuse to hang out with people. Um, so the, the game we started doing it in, in person, um, and we literally had like a, a play test. We were we were away, booked um, away. Me and me and the, some of my friends were booked to go away um, for like a gaming holiday, basically. Um, and we were going to play test it then, and then then COVID happened, and we had like it got cancelled on us. Um, so this was a while ago now, and then I was like, well, I. It's not too difficult to kind of translate. Like obviously, with anything, it's more fun to do it in person. But we we started to play test it online and tailor the game for online play, um, and it's worked really well. It's been really fun. Um, but w- with the the focus being kind of you know relaxed, relaxed gaming evening, it hasn't been too hard to follow. Like if we tried like a proper D and D session with with people who didn't know D and D over. I can imagine over Zoom that would be really problematic to keep everyone engaged, to kind of keep everyone focused, and um, especially if you try to add alcohol to the mix. So using Zoom was really helpful. I, I can literally see everyone's faces while they were playing it, so I can see which parts were making them laugh, which parts they were interesting in, and people were like sharing their pictures of their characters which they'd drawn. And um, yeah, it, it seemed to. If anything, I think it, it helped the development of it because you don't normally get to literally just watch everyone <laughs> on a play test um but the, the first the first few play tests i played as the, the slasher and then it, it got to the stage where i needed everyone else to play as the slasher so i kind of just participated and pretended i had no idea what i was doing so yeah it's really helpful to see you know where people were losing their way where people weren't as enjoying it so i can i can tailor it and, and make it better so yeah the, the development process over zoom was really helpful um i mean i'm not going to recommend we have a, a global pandemic every time we need to play test a game but for this one it was kind of it it it, it didn't hinder the game as i thought it, it would because originally i was like right i'm gonna have to wait until we're, we're ready to play this in person but yeah we, we didn't have that we didn't have that obstacle um so I'm looking forward to playing in person. Like the the the, the character sheet, like I said, you, you roll your, your four dice for your limbs to say what you what your saving roll will be. Um the character sheet's designed in a way where you, you basically there's a square for your dice so it fits there. So it's really kind of really easy for non-gamers to follow. If you've got a dice there, you've got health. If you've lost that limb, you lose that dice, you lose health. So it'd be nice to have that in front of you. Um but yeah, it's it's worked really well over Zoom. Really enjoyable to play, and it's like with anything, it's been a nice excuse to to play with um and see friends who aren't gamers as well. And um, the fact that they've enjoyed it has been been great. Um, so yeah, it's been okay. It's been nice to do something apart from a pub quiz as well. So yeah, I, I regularly play uh, a couple of sessions of Dungeons and Dragons a week over Zoom, and. I love it. I'm always, it's one of my favorite games in all, of all time, but there's still a real struggle to try and to like tell that entrenched sort of story over, over when you're not physically in person with someone. It's good to be able to try and like act and react off of everything they're doing. Just, but it's something that's uh, much more social where it's where the heat of the story isn't necessarily quite as high. You can definitely bounce off people a little bit better, especially when you can have just your own face as well as everybody else there on your screen. You can really react off them quite well and the 
lightness to it is still very approachable. Honestly, that makes it good. But again, I can definitely attest to it being probably will be a little bit better in person. But the world's opening up again, and it'll be great to finally get some games as the slasher in once everything does, I'd say. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to play it properly with people. Um, I've, I played it with my wife in person and everyone else has been online. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be great. It's going to be weird to play a game that's that's finished. Um, but yeah, it be, be amazing. With that said, I think we can all be excited and scared to smell the blood on the katana somewhere in the distance in a darkened alleyway. The excitement around this potential project is mounting but I'm honestly I obviously have a lot of faith in this and I will shout this from the rooftop Samurai Slasher game form and comic form are definitely worth the backs on Kickstarter so Mike would you be so kind to tell our listeners where they can find the Kickstarter and you on social media to talk to you about Samurai Slashing things sure so uh, Kickstarter it's called the project's called uh, the Samurai Slasher Collected Edition um, and then on social media, I'm I'm not very original, so I'm on, under Mike Garley, so M I K E G A R L E Y. So um, if you if you're struggling to find it, have a look on Twitter. Unfortunately, for everyone who follows me, it's it's pretty much all on tweeting about at the moment, so it should be should be easy enough. But yeah, please please do ch- check out the Kickstarter. Um, I'd, I'd love to see what everyone there thinks of it. Yeah, uh, with Kickstarter, his uh, his backing program is very flexible. You can add as much or as little to the collector's edition as you want as add-ons as well as pledging as much as you want to get just about everything. I'm very excited to see how it progresses and I have absolute confidence. At the very least, for a Halloween live stream event with some of my friends, I can very much see this being like a must-do nearly every year. I'm very excited for this. It would be just a lot of fun just to... Because I love the big grand stories I tell in Dungeons & Dragons, but sometimes I want to just turn on an 80s horror movie and just see someone get blowingly dismembered and I, I know <laughs> that this is the experience for that so thank you for bringing this in a really fresh new way I'm, I'm really excited to get my teeth into this thanks so much thanks so much for chatting to me as well I really appreciate that absolute pleasure uh, we will keep, we'll keep you well informed about how the game goes in development and we'll have some testing on it here on the Feta, on Fetus Universes as for me uh, Adam Ray you can follow me on t- Twitter at isitsynchro my screen name on basically every game under the sun Fantastic Universes is your place to hear content around comics, PC, tabletop gaming, hard-hitting fiction, and all of fan cross-section culture. You can find me playing video games of all kinds with my dear friends on the hostile atmosphere on YouTube. This has been the Hostile Takeover for here on Fantastic Universes. Like a review if you like what you hear. Until next time, live free and play well. Thank you very much.